and welcome to Leadership of Fools. We are here to just count down some of the big leadership insights that have come through this year. This is the 2019 Leadership Wrap 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 Up. <laughs> uh, and joining me wicka, wicka, on the podcast, uh, to my right, it's Amanda Buckley. Oh, hello. And as always, the affable Colin Beatty. Thank you, Rick Brown. This was a very popular episode last year, so we're, we're, here we're to delighted wreck it. to... Oh, that's not gonna, where my head went. Oh, we're going to break it. We're, we're going to ruin it, it we're for gonna everyone. Oh, here's something you liked? Well, too bad. <laughs> too bad. You might remember last year we actually had to do a sequel. We had that many people submitting stuff. People yeah. went gaga. They did go gaga. They so gaga. Um, we'll see how we go this year. I, I, can I kick it off before we get in? This will be a sort of a 12 insights of... 2019. Twelve insights yeah. of 2019. My true love sent to me. And we, um, what else was I going to say? Uh, just before we get into it, I wanted to. So I did this up front and not at the end. Just wanted to make some massive thank yous. Uh, so to me and Amanda. <laughs> yes. You're well, welcome, I'm going to start with both of you. Uh, you've been stop it incredible, and you are just bring not just. A sense of fun and lightness to this, but you also are very, very skilled at what you do. And what we ask people to do on Leadership of Fools is enter into conversations without a script. Mm-hmm. And the two of you know only so well that some people thrive in those situations and others find that very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. And both of you always make those people, both both cases, feel incredibly safe and supported. So, um, And that includes me. So thank you both. But if you had to Absolute rank pleasure. us out uh, <laughs> of most favourite to least favourite column, I don't want to push uh, you. Uh, let's, I'm going to keep going. So we do Leadership of Fools because we love it. And um, we also believe that leadership conversations are way, way underused. People are underskilled. There's not enough space. There's not enough time for them. So uh, this podcast doesn't come about uh, without effort and support. And I'm going to underplay support of some people. Um, I'm going to miss some people in this, but a uh, special shout out to Alice Sidhu and Nat Fian uh, for two reasons. Not only are they part of the advisory board for this uh, podcast, they also have played my role, sat in my chair. And uh, how would you rank them, Rick? Uh, I'd rank them amazing. Yeah, uh, nice. They're the powerhouse. Nice. They are... Uh... The wind beneath all our wings. Yes. The other person that's on the advisory board is Kate Temby, and uh, she remains incredible in terms of contribution as a regular guest, but also uh, wisdom and insight and business savvy. So thank you. Uh, Mietta Gibson, who's really, uh, really reached out and played a you know really advocate, uh, strong advocate role for us and keeps on sharing with me amazing podcasts as points of comparison and points of, uh, points of inspiration. Uh, hacking HR community uh, really helped us to end this year with a major bang. So that was fantastic. A, a real um, is that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. A real bang. <laughs> uh, so really, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. Thank you. And um, in particular, Francesca Silva and Sharon Morton, who you'll hear again from in terms of their contribution, and all of our generous guests who are prepared to improvise with us. Mm-hmm. So, we put them uh, through the ringer. We do. In a gentle way. We do. On right. a gentle watch. <laughs> yeah, they always know the um, the topic, but they never know what's going to happen next. And Just uh, like life. 
It's a bit like life. That's mm. right. So thank you so much. And I will emphasize the word generous. In fact, anyone who's involved with Leadership of Fools, that's probably our number one criteria. Just, yeah. Just be, Generosity. Just be generous. Yep. Because um, we always ask them for money. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's part of the thing they're not expecting. No, is how right. desperate we are for their money. They know the topic, but they don't know what happens no, next. Exactly, exactly. Amanda just walks around and shakes the little jar. <laughs> Every little bit helps. That's our motto. <laughs> so you got some insights for us, Colin. I do. There are 12. Uh, we're counting down and we're going to start with uh, former, no, but- former guest and strong advocate for Leadership Fools, Graham Plant, who's, and I'm going to read his one-liner, leaders with purpose don't find time for the things and people that matter. They make time. Great. Time's been a bit of a theme for us this year, I reckon. Where do we prioritise? Where do we not? Mm-hmm. Well, it's the big commodity, isn't it? Like people, people's time is valuable. Uh, time is money. Uh, time after time, as Cindy Lauper said. Um, <laughs> but yes, it is. So time is that thing that we never have enough of. Um, we're trying to fill all the time to make us feel useful and busy and all of those things. If we have too much on our hands. It's not great, but at the same time, we always want more. So, yeah, I think that's a lovely thing to start with. Yeah, time prioritization is uh, a key part of effective leadership. I think that shines through time and time again. Um, It's also a delicious herb time. So um, I don't think it gets enough play. It's one of the basil all over the place. Oregano. Don't get me started. Time. Give Give it some of your time. Thank you. <laughs> no. Thanks, Rick. And, uh, yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> Interesting. Oh, yeah. that's helpful. <laughs> that was me just banging the mic. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Number 11. Uh, Mieta Gibson. So uh, Mieta has uh, picked up on a theme that's pretty big for a number of people, and that's the theme of connection. So she's had a year of incredible learning, including an obsession with podcasts, that's and where we come in. Yeah, absolutely. Hello. We've got podcasts all over the place. And I'm going to read something she wrote, uh, a one-liner. Connecting means connecting with people and being inspired by others, but also connecting the dots, which I, I like that last piece. We often forget to connect the dots. Yeah. Mm, and... Um we talk a lot about, you know, we talk a lot about links to time as well when people are always going, let's have a meeting to start the meeting. We'll meet up before the meeting to talk about the pre-meeting and all of that stuff. But I think if people are just being cluey, connecting the dots, joining things up, asking the right people, you know, we'll have more time. Yeah. And I, for me, it's the sense making. And I wonder whether we create enough space uh, to actually make sense of what all this data. And it's kind of the, that take of the... We've got so much data. We've never had so much data in all of history, and yet we don't always have intelligence around that data. What so, to do with the data? Yeah. So I like that, connecting the dots. It's also... There was a big mindfulness push as well, and connecting dot to dots. They, they, didn't get, they also didn't get as much play as the colouring in. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, oh, the right. mindfulness colouring? Yeah. There's mindfulness, mindfulness dot to dots. Yeah, ah. which yeah. was actually very, very satisfying. Right. Um, I mean, I know I keep uh, taking these things into very childish areas, but there is something to mindfulness dot to dots, and I think it ties in nicely with connecting the dots. <laughs> Number 10. Follow your truth, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, number 10, Francesca. And Francesca has put herself out there a couple of times this year, including as a uh, first-time guest. 
yeah. at the Hacking HR event. Mm, nailed it. And she nailed it. And um, I, I think one of the things she's talked a lot about is the getting used to being uncomfortable and that sense of how that helps in phases of learning and development and growth. Mm-hmm. And she also emphasized the importance of stillness. And I think what she meant by that, and I'm pretty sure this is what she meant, um, that sense of finding time for reflection, sense-making, and just getting away from the noise and the distraction. Yeah. And if anyone didn't quite pick it up on the Hacking HR live event, her mum, Julie, was up there as an expert and was fabulous and talked a lot about the power of addiction around phones and digital screens and stuff like that so um as amanda just puts her that's where my notes were that's where my (laughs) notes were absolutely fine also just sent a really great snapchat to matt no i didn't didn't. (laughs) but i will if you want me to it's so true though that's um and the i asked the internet a little bit about from from an actor's point of view, from yeah. a comedian's point of view. Yeah, share that, that with us. That comes up a lot. So there's that whole idea of people making space for people, people listening. Um, from an improviser's point of view, everybody online that I know that's an improviser was having the same feelings. Teacher, employees and managers to stop fearing failure. So that plays in beautifully to what um, Fran has said. And um, there's, yeah, stories, telling stories. Uh, stories tell your organisation that tell newcomers about your organization it's the stories people tell about working there about their experiences that create people uh the good cultures so yeah that's so far that's all aligning all aligning and they're all your facebook friends just the three of them yeah (laughs) (laughs) no just that that seems to be the theme as well so it's working in concurrently next like they're Speaking very similar things, I think leadership, regardless of we've discussed this over the year. Arts, Um, comedians, school communities, government, private. That's right. Good leadership is good leadership. Great. Sharon Morton contributes number nine. And um, thank you so much, Sharon, because I I asked for one insight and Sharon gave me an A4 page of about... Chock-a-block. Chock-a-block. In fact, there's a top 12... You want insights? I've got insights. Sharon's alone. Yeah. Um, a a so buffet. I'm not going to do all of this justice, but there's it'll a couple a, of things. It'll be an add-on podcast. <laughs> yeah, the Morton right. Files. The Morton Files. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> um, she talked about connecting with a wide collective group of awesome souls. I love that term, awesome souls. Uh, how I do, do do a soul judgment when I meet people <laughs> right. just to see if the connection's worthwhile. Is that something like that's some sort of aura yeah. thing? Or? Man, you have to assess your soul caliber. Well, that's right. because that time you died on the Halloween episode. Uh, yeah. You died on that episode, but yeah. then you came back. So you yeah. obviously have a special tower, a yeah. power now, a soul power. I, I love that episode. Nice callback. <laughs> Thank you. <So. laughs> Hashtag Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah. I sound like Alice. She hashtags everything, doesn't she? <laughs> she does. <laughs> Uh, keep being curious. Uh, she talked about grit, the role that grit plays, and I reckon she's onto something there. Like it, the people who do make it ultimately stick it out and mm-hmm. keep working hard. Can't have pearls without grit. That's yeah, nice. That's mm. How it all works. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, and she talked about, and I think this does resonate with a lot of people out there, um, having felt like at times. She's from Mars in her own organization, like 
feels literally foreign, feels like she's speaking a different language. And she's come to realize that finding your own community and community really matters, but also celebrating those rebels and disruptors and new thinking, realizing that herself um, feels like that at times. Yeah, great. Mm, finding that balance between belonging and um, I guess being on the outside because uh, you can sort of accomplish different things from both places. Yeah, nice. Nice. How are we going? We, where, where are we up to? Yeah, I've got um, a great, uh, I've got a mate, Darren Vaughan, who is a mover and a shaker. And he has given me two, uh, two quotes, actually. Um, a, a quote from novelist and social critic, James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Um, children Jimmy have. Ne- yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I call him too. <laughs> children Future and- guest. <laughs> oh, really? There you no, go. No. Oh. In fact, he's here right now. That's Please right. welcome James G- Baldwin. Hashtag JB. Um, children, this is the quote Children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they have never failed to imitate them which is pretty great. Mm. And the other one is, uh, thanks again, Darren, for this quote. It's one from Elvis. Um, <laughs> Values are like fingerprints. Nobody's are the same, but you leave them on everything you do. Did Elvis really say that? Did Doesn't he sound really like say something that? Elvis would say. Is that a song lyric? Values are like fingerprints, okay? <laughs> Get your fingerprints off of my blue suede shoes. <laughs> That's one of the least Elvis sounding quotes I've ever heard. Yeah, normally he's a, a burgamy. <laughs> I don't know. That's apparently... I, Darren wouldn't lie to me. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I just right. think he's been fed some Elvis misinformation. <laughs> oh, he was... Well, I think we should do some fact check. Yeah, we've got to fact check that one. Yeah, that's right. No, Look, he was in the not army. That we... He was in the army. Was he? he Elvis had... or, or... Elvis da- was. Darren Elvis Vaughan. was in the army. And right. Elvis also... Elvis's manager Elvis? was a colonel. These... So Elvis... you have to be able to trust him. Yeah, Elvis was in the army. Oh, <laughs> The GI years. He shaved his head and everything. Where he Do you learned- not know this? I did. Well, I remember GI blues. Is that yeah, right? That's because when he was in the army, yeah, he that's... got the blues and he wrote a song about it and they made a movie. And I'm not lying. He was in the army. How do you not know about that's Elvis? That's where he met Priscilla in Germany. Do you know how many films Elvis made? Because I looked this up. Oh, it's something like 32 or enough, something. No. Enough to really More than that. destroy his soul. Years, over 13 years, he made something like, and I'm probably going to have to fact check this. 117. No, it was 73 or something. Oh, I was close. Like more yeah. than two a year. Phenomenal. He's and the hardest all, working king. They're, they're all, all pretty high quality. <laughs> quite, especially towards the end there. They were definitely, been, yep. they were definitely really turning out some yeah. good Elvis. Yeah, 31. So, um, oh, I'm completely. But that's the only one. Like, no, as an actor. As an actor. Yeah, but I'd say that's what we're talking about, eh? Um, <laughs> yes. What I'm learning is there is a lot of Elvis misinformation out there. He's getting this that's Elvis right. quotes. 13 years, 31 movies. That's right. It's Actually, a that's still, pretty, that's still pretty impressive. Uh. I'm 44 and I have not made one movie, so... <laughs> You're no Elvis. As Elvis once said, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> he was very smart. <laughs> He also said, show me the money. <laughs> and there was that time he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Hi, <laughs> Elvis. He really did get up to some stuff. Yeah, he was great. And I loved when she he wrote that song. good movies, wasn't he? <laughs> and when he wrote that song yesterday. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> okay. Right. <Yeah>. <laughs> He's still alive though, eh, Elvis? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. 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 If you rearrange the letters of his name. It's lives. Mm. Yeah. So I went to Graceland. Yeah. Um, in Are you the, serious? Yeah. In the year 2000, I went to Graceland with my friend and um, 
it's you know a compound and you you get on a minibus across the road and because we we just walked up to the front gate and they were like you do not walk up to the gate of elvis presley you go across the road and get on that minibus and so we got on a minibus and you put on headphones and priscilla gives you a tour it's great it's actually for for what we now know of who elvis not the not the real priscilla yeah She's just in your head. It's a record. Oh, it's pre-recorded. Yeah. <laughs> but she's actually there. She is she's so doing busy. It live on a microphone behind a wall. I didn't make that clear, did I? No. She's she's not. She just sits on the bus waiting for three <laughs> Australian women yeah. every she's day. Like, well, this is what Elvis yeah. would want. Yeah, but the um the yeah it's the for, in terms of what we see now in the McMansion world, um his house is quite modest for oh, okay. for someone of his what the fame that he was. It was you know. garish. But oh, not necessarily yeah. as huge as we're used to these days in terms of opulence. It was the first time I saw carpet in a kitchen. And I was like, well, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. You carpet your toilet next time. That'd be even crazier. Exactly. Carpet in a toilet? No, thank you. Uh, is, is there this- any more leadership insights? <laughs> <laughs> we might have gotten a little, a little sidetracked in the way that only Elvis can achieve. Number eight, David Henderson. So, um, again... Past guess. I yep. think he was part of the... Hendo. I was just about to say Hendo, because that's what we say. <laughs> that's name what we is say. Henderson. Hendo. So, um, a couple of things here. The power of a coach, and uh, in terms of, you know, the kind of decisions we have to make as a leader, to be able to have someone you can trust and kind of sense check around. So, uh, the other thing that, I'm looking down at my notes from David and he talks a lot about being generous and overly generous with your leaders and peers and commit to adding enterprise value. And I'm just going to ground this a bit because I've seen David in action very recently and he did something and I'm going to shout him out for this because I think it was fabulous. He actually called out his vision and, in the most inspiring way and i was struck by he was in front of about 50 people how many people just went wow that's incredible which then links me to something and i'll go to this very quickly if i can joe Joe white joe white who's was number six said my insight is you can never be too bold when it comes to articulating the shared ambition and david henderson definitely did that so he then went on to say something and i'm not going to do this justice but but if you own personal Google Maps and that gets it wrong, simply reroute another way. You can still get to Melbourne Airport if you accidentally drive over the Westgate Bridge first. Not quite sure what that has no, to do with that. That resonates with everyone. That that's you me, know what it is? That's, yeah. that's just the um the the there's the journey is the destination. Ah. That's all that is. You know, it only My it, there's more than one way. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Is the yeah. overall vibe. A waterfall begins with only one drop of water. Yeah. yeah. A journey of a thousand miles, miles begins, begins with, with one step. Yep. It's, but if you go in the wrong direction, then you've got to go a, a thousand miles and a step. Well, I would walk 500 miles. <laughs> and, Isn't and, that a And I would Elvis walk quote? 500 more. Yeah. He, no one knows this, but actually, no, a lot of people do know this. Elvis did have a twin brother. And um, they were both Scottish, and they no, <laughs> no he did have a he did have a twin brother, and yeah, the who twin brother, away. Di- yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, this is there was a Twilight Zone episode about that. It was good. Was yeah. Anyway, um, uh, you got some more insights for us, Colin? Before we go oh, down I'm, another Elvis rabbit hole? No, no, I'm, I'm just ready I'm, for the. I facts am loving it. I you do not know how much I'm loving it. <laughs> um, so, uh, Marika Knight. 
Hacking HR event again, incredible. And she's shouted out a couple of uh, gurus. I call them gurus because they've um, kind of started movements. They've got TED Talks. They've, they kind of know their stuff. Carol Dweck, and Carol Dweck's renowned for her work on mindsets. And um, Marika's actually picked up on uh, having baby boomer presence. Can I just... I'm not a baby boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. But Me too. Baby boomers, it's like a dirty word these days, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yep. guess what? You would definitely be lumped in that category now. Yeah. If, if, someone was, if someone was flicking out, okay, boomers, they would definitely throw one your way if they, if they wanted to. Yeah. And if you... Tried to tell them is it an attitude that you weren't a boomer that would just make them laugh even yeah, harder. Attitude. Double boomer down. Yeah. <laughs> can you, there's can nothing. There's nothing more boomer than claiming not to be a boomer. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I reckon it's happened recently. Yeah. Right. So yeah, the, the the key is just lay low. All right. So lay low. <laughs> so you can't don't argue not, with it. Just don't, don't argue. Try. No. But also claiming the, that you're a Gen Xer is just fuel to the fire. The beauty right. of being Gen X is that we are just left out of everything. Yeah. And we just get to. <gasps> That's right. Quietly sail into cocktail hour. Don't it's get called the hidden generation or something, isn't it? Or yeah. visible. Mm. Yeah. And that really means we shouldn't be talking about it at all. Yeah. No, we're, I mean, I just think a it's a factor. Yeah. But it's a great thing to be us. It's uh, because we all. Yeah. Because we can hide. As showcased by the most famous Gen Xer of all, Elvis Presley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Carol Dweck and Malcolm Gladwell and Malcolm Gladwell, uh, the art of storytelling is. Um, Something to be learned there. And I must admit, Amanda Buckley, one of the things um, Malcolm Gladwell has is a powerful uh, storytelling voice. voice. Oh, yeah. Storytelling voice. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'd be really curious your take on that. Maybe we should do a podcast around voice and the power of that voice and how to strengthen that muscle i would love that and now that it's recorded it's happening yeah so that's a verbal contract that is a verbal lock contract. it in it's but that is so true because Could unfortunately po- we don't people have some there are amazing people with amazing things to say but unfortunately we make a lot of judgments as soon as we hear people's voices and um, someone like julia gillard fell into that um pool people mocked her voice before they listened to what she had to say and she said some really amazing things but what we do as uh as a society is we go oh but that voice you know which is terrible because she has a authentic unique voice but that's what people pay attention to but when we hear the voices like your son will had a has a great voice just fills up a room has beautiful resonance, and so people like to listen to that. So, yeah, there's a lot to be said for voice quality. If you had to rank the Beaties uh, out of <laughs> favorite, least favorite to most favorite. Um, there's Please put uh, Rose number one. I was just about to say, there's a young girl who deserves a shout-out. <laughs> right. Who was, and I will give her a shout-out, um, she was Juliet in Romeo and Juliet uh, last a t- a evening. A titular role. Yeah, and was, it was incredible, and my... Just talking about the amazing Rose, but that year eight group, shout out to them. They came amazing, to play. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I was listening to them going, there's no way. At year eight, I could barely put three words together, let alone. You were too busy playing basketball, Colin. I, that's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Colin's right. I was jock. too busy playing Todd basketball. Todd Lichty yes. and Chris Carroll, <laughs> that we've got to get that Leadership of Basketball <laughs> podcast going yes. as well. Yep. It's going to be big 2020, I think. Mm. 
Leadership of basketball or basketball of fools? Basketball of fools. <laughs> uh, Joe White was number six. And thank you, Joe. You talked about the shared ambition. And um, I think I said to you on LinkedIn that that remains one of my favorite client experiences where we created something quite amazing together. Although you guys did, um, but I happened to be in the room. So I did value that. Eavesdropping to success. Yes, yes. <laughs> the key. Listen the key. your way to the, <laughs> the top. <key. laughs> yes, you could write a book. Yes. Christine Jung is our a future guest on Leadership of Fools. Ooh, a bit and of Jungian theory coming through. Yeah, yeah. What you got for us? Yes. So what we have at number five talks a bit about loneliness as a leader and um, I know in her circumstances she's trying to advocate for change and particularly the um, those people who identify as Asian Australian in uh, and their take on how they're again underrepresented in leadership positions and Christine and Wessa and a whole group of amazing people are leading and advocating for change around that and that's not easy. Yeah, and one of the things that came in from uh, my peeps was the wonderful Anna Renzenbrink with the idea that we just need more empathy. Yeah. Empathy, uh, that's what she says, we need to, uh, I think she just said more empathy. You what can never have enough empathy. now is yep. love. And Sweet a quotable enough. quote, stop trying to be good and just be good. Just be good. As in ethics. Like Elvis said, do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> that makes it all adds up. Hey. Uh, I'm, uh, Christine actually put something in here that I'm curious about both of your views around. She has made the comment, I found that how much energy you inject outward, especially to crowds, and I know she's speaking to you know, a number of people in, in the audience. Mm-hmm. So again, I found that how much energy you inject outward to lead is equal to how much energy you get back from the crowd, but that includes both positive and negative. I would agree with that personally. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. I guess the language is is loaded in terms of a performance. As performers, sometimes you can fall into the trap of of thinking you can get more from the crowd if you if you um, up your energy if you're bigger. And sometimes it has the neg- the opposite effect where it pushes them back, where they're they're sort of um, less willing to engage if you're going bigger and bigger. Um, so I, it's often more if the more intention you put out there or, um, yeah, um, so it's, yeah, I guess as a performer thinking from a purely stage point of view, sometimes that doesn't ring true to me that putting energy out means you get energy back, but there is, I think the core of the message of what is being said there, I think I just need to change the language in my mind and it will make perfect sense yeah i think i i think i get it as in terms i think i would agree with that only because i've been recently talking about using a phrase like playing big characters but i think people that translation meant people thought big and loud and brash characters but what i meant is full full formed characters Mm. um and so that committed committed characters so i think that works with the energy idea which is not necessarily loud energy Mm. or extrovert energy or that idea that we would automatically picture when we hear big energy people but I think we mean honest energy or engaged energy energy that reaches to the back of the room even if it's intimate energy yeah it's um, almost like the engagement oh yes I, yeah I, yeah again it's just language but yeah I think I think there's definitely something there yeah I also think it's got uh, if we take out the audience component um, meaning the physical audience and kind of that metaphor of performance and stage 
I think maybe the correlation here is social media. Like um, when people put stuff out on social media, like at some level, you can't be surprised that you eat. If you ultimately get a reaction that is either positive or negative, that's uh, there's something in me that kind of says, well, actually you got engagement. Weren't you looking for engagement? No matter whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. Uh, And I think if you're not prepared for both of that, um, I would do the get off get off and don't do it yeah ask yourself why yeah. ask yourself why what you, you're not going to get validation in fact leadership and this is the lonely part leadership uh the internal validation you get is probably the key to it rather than external validation absolutely throw number another, four throw another one at us yeah I'm i've ready. got elvis said nothing about social media nah. <laughs> so sorry <laughs> but he did say something about um writing a letter i think at some stage yeah. Yeah. yeah he said always return to sender Ret- yeah. yeah that's the one and malcolm gladwell has on revisionist history an episode dedicated to a song an elvis song where elvis kept on getting the lines wrong and he somehow made this, as only Malcolm Gladwell's research can do, some sort of connection to it was some sort of um, mental barrier. It was some sort of relationship with uh, a breakdown in his parents' relationship. And literally, therefore, he couldn't get the, the lyrics right. Which um, That sounds like Elvis. Yeah. Does it sound like Okay. He's just a big dummy. I don't think Controversial. I've even done that episode justice. But uh, <laughs> shout out to... I am going out to look for that. <laughs> That's right. I used Revisionist to... history, which is such a clever yeah. concept. So Lorna Deng, uh, Lorna, who again, uh, very openly got on stage at the Hacking HR group and no doubt Lorna's story, Francesca's story in particular, uh, very powerful because they were talking about some lived experiences uh, and Lorna with a Sudanese background living here in Melbourne, Australia. And she's emphasising... Also that idea of kind of leading change and her particular purpose and challenge to kind of get uh, organisations to really genuinely embrace diversity and including inclusivity in their recruitment practices and how powerful it is to stick with your why or your purpose uh, and not get too far off that compass or that radar. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. She was so... So amazing, so good, wasn't amazing, she? and um, Francesca knows this, but Lorna may not. I reckon those two should have a podcast too. Those stories yeah. of lived experiences. Wow, we should just start every podcast ever. <laughs> just keep them coming. Keep them coming. That's right. We have a huge um, suite. This uh, the the idea Matt, of making space. We're just trying space. to get your work, mate. Yeah. That's, <laughs> a, that's all we're trying to do here. It's just like a it's a it's a one ad. It's a forty five minute ad for your services. Um, uh, Vicky, I'm going to say her surname wrong. Curia Carcass. Yeah, that's Carcass. Um, she said something great, which was um, for her. Uh, the insight is the importance of creating space for everyone in the room to innovate, no matter where they are in the hierarchy. If we consider leadership to be the job of only those of the upper echelons of an organisation, we miss ninety percent of the talent, creativity, and innovation that we can ex- that we can access, mm. and it's empowering to everyone around. How do people find these contributions on your face? Do you, is this a Facebook community or just your? I just put it out there. Put a post on a on a on their thing, you know, on the Facebook. Oh. On the, and on people the... said, "Yes, here's here's my contribution." Oh, yeah, nice. I, could, I yeah. could see it play out in real time. It was exciting. It I was just exciting. said, I just hubbub. asked, um, I just asked the question of um, insights on leadership and success in relation to um, comedy and acting, mm. um, and. 
a lot of them did reply in terms that are very businessy as well, like they're just organizational. Because yeah. great, uh, that that ties in with. Uh, I did have one um, insight that resonated with me this year uh, that I might throw in off Please. list. Off list. I want a tangent. I don't often contribute anything meaningful to the podcast, but I'm going to try right now. Better be good um, because uh, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, early, I've got an Elvis quote ready first. Because yeah. <laughs> early on, uh, early on this year, um, I, I've got another podcast. I don't know if any, if you realize Amanda's uh, a sometimes visitor to the podcast. It's called How About This? Yes. And we normally just, um, you know, shoot the breeze and um, talk nonsense. And part of the podcast is um, I have, uh, I look at lists of random facts and we, we talk about random facts. And one of the facts had was a, a leadership fact. Um, and it resonated with me because, and it ties in with uh, what Vicky was saying uh, about um, that exact thing that you just said <laughs> that I won't rehash right now. That thing. Um, and it was about, so there was a couple of independent studies that came to the same conclusion. Colin, you're probably already all over this uh, because you're in the leadership uh, realm. Whereas to me, it was, you know, it was brand new information. Um, and they were working on um, study, they were studying what's the most effective um, sort of promotion technique. Uh, and so they were studying merit-based promotion and sort of seniority-based promotion. And then just to round out the thing, they also threw in random promotion as a, as a variable. And both of these studies, these separate studies discovered that random promotion was a far more effective... <laughs> Oh, no. was a far more effective way of promoting people to leadership than any of the other. Like they were thinking this would just be like as a contrast to the more acceptable forms of promotion. And what they found was that if you randomly promote people, uh, you actually get a much uh, higher, uh, more effective. It, it's a more effective way of doing it, uh, which was incredibly interesting. Um, and I because think of bias. Yeah. I think all the, the standard forms of promotion, I guess are having inherent flaws Um in wow. them, whereas if you just randomly do it, you're actually going to create, uh, yeah, for, for whatever reason. Uh, but I think it ties in. Obviously, that's going to be hard to implement, and I'm not advocating that. But it <laughs> it it backs up that you should be looking for contributions from everyone in the hierarchy because any one of those people could be a much more effective leader than the I people who it. were based through it, yeah. merit and promote and seniority. Yeah. Um, so and yes, you should always be looking for those voices because and government is classic in that. Like my experience in government, you remember I worked for the, what, I, the I Ukrainian the, government. I remember the Ukrainian government. <laughs> um, but that was my experience there. So it's longevity, seniority, just time on the floor. And we all know that that doesn't mean anything. Wow. Time on the floor can sometimes be amazing, all those insights, all that knowledge. But time on the floor can also be, um, you know, Resent, resentment, tired, sure. worn out, institutionalized. Yeah. And look, my fact might have just de- dismantled the whole leadership structure that we've all worked so hard to establish. And I apologize for that. But um, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to advocate a revolution. Yeah, but That's El- not what I'm saying. El- Elvis's manager wasn't a real colonel. He was just promoted <laughs> randomly just, and look at them. <laughs> he just called himself colonel. Yeah. <laughs> and we can all do that. And that's Did a kernel of truth. KFC? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It's getting, that's getting weird. That's one of the best things that's ever been said on a podcast ever. So. Rick, I, um, we need to find that research. And even if it's not as validated as it mm. needs to be, I still think there's some real truth in that. Mm. And I reckon it's worth leveraging. Yeah. Uh, the best ideas uh got nothing to do with hierarchy mm-hmm. and the best ideas that another one of my big ones is they come in the quietest moments so it, it's not always about activity and noise and uh color and movement so 
just creating a space where people can speak up without and limit that judgment. The clarity of silence. Love it. Uh, that was our number three, I reckon, Rick Brown. Yes, I made the list. Amanda, I stormed my way in. And just preempting this, do you have one for yourself? Mine, mine's my personal experience this year, which was um, there's probably never going to be the right time, the perfect time to take the full leap of faith um, to make a really big change. But the worst thing is never to take it at all. And that's what happened to me this year. Colin, um, you particularly encouraged me to take a very big leap of faith. And I think it was just enough things were right for me to do it. But it, it wasn't a perfect time, but it was enough things were right for me to do it. And the benefits have much outweighed the risks, which was I'm my mental health is much better. I'm uh, contributing more to the world in a happier, more positive way than I was previously. And with this podcast about to become the number one in the world, we're going to <laughs> definitely be really rich. Like everything's really yeah, coming yeah. to <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it's um. So yeah, just if if there's an inherent if if it's time for change, it's time for change. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. I'm really thrilled. In fact, I reckon we're all ending 2019 in a really great place and just to become, just about to become super rich. Yeah, it's, so exciting. It's <laughs> true. It's true. It's true. Uh, thank you. So that is number two. So number one and a half was a group of people. I'm going to shout out four people at once. Uh, Toby Barber, Jackie Davey, Carolyn McMahon and Simone Carroll, who all helped uh, contribute to a little LinkedIn feed where I was asking about what makes all the difference in teams. And um, Toby, Jackie, Carolyn and Simone have shouted out a number of things. So belief, collective ambition, uh, the whole team supporting group decisions publicly, stepping up even when you're not 100% sure, accountability, a winning formula about choosing... Uh, highly skilled, but no ego players. Uh, they're, so they're hard to find. They, are, to find. they are a rare commodity. So, um, and the idea that great teams not just produce great results, but they also produce great leaders, but apparently not so much because it's random. Well, it could be. It, it should be, be it but could, it, it never be. will be. Yeah, because yep. the world is broken, like yep. like me. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I said nice. What did I say nice for? I didn't mean that. Sucked in. So you fell you yeah, right. from a trap. It's, it's the right. manner in which he said it. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm smiling too. Yeah. What? You said something sad. <laughs> um, mine is, uh, it's it's a three-parter. Uh, mine is... Classic Beatty. Yes. That I do still think people underestimate conversations. In fact, a couple of things I've been noticing even in our own social media feed, is people are saying, saying, oh, leadership fools, great conversations, but that's just talk. And I keep, I feel like saying, and I don't want to get sucked into it, but I feel like saying, but it isn't it talk, that's what we've got? Mm-hmm. Like, what else do you want to use other than shared understanding, yeah. acceptance, buy-in, Support conversations. These are converse- very powerful. These conversations can give you traction, and traction leads to action. Yeah. Lock it in. Traction to action. <laughs> oh, fuel, not never cruel, always fuel. Yeah, which I reckon still was an Alvis quote, wasn't it? Don't be I'm cruel. I'm pretty sure. Use yeah. feedback as fuel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. And it. my favourite, Rick Brown, which I reckon. I don't want no shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think Elvis wouldn't have minded a shit sandwich from time to time. Oh, as long as it was deep fried, he was on board. Oh, my. Um, and my other favourite from Rick Brown was the uh, no stunts one. Leaders who do their own stunts. That's a definition of an authentic leader. Yeah. No CGI. I'm wiser than anyone gives me credit for. That's no, true. Sometimes the clown has a brain. And that brain is ticking <laughs> like a time bomb waiting to explode with wisdom. Uh, That's your jack in the box. It just, <laughs> you wind it up and wind it up yeah. and it pops out and yeah. just says something that rhymes, yeah. but is also how- really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember how we were talking about boomers before? Yeah. yeah Alan sure Alder. Alan Alder, yeah. He's um, serious boomer. Totes boomer because he literally is a baby boomer. <laughs> I mean, he's from the generation known as the baby the, boomers. The baby boomers. Um, my dad kind of looks like if if Alan Alda and Steve Martin had a baby, that'd oh, be my dad. Wow. Yeah. Well, I need to meet your dad. Uh, <laughs> Just for that. <laughs> That's right. He said something, and I this has stuck with me you all might, year. You might just need to see a photo of her dad. That would probably cover it. <laughs> yeah, I probably don't need to meet him in person. Really. Too late. I booked a flight. He's on his way. <laughs> yeah. Where does he live? Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our Sydney <laughs> I was just about to say, well, that, that quite in the conversation. <laughs> We've discussed this before, Colin. It is where I was originally born, and I'm quite proud of my city, although I much prefer Melbourne. Ooh, but I really love Sydney. Well, the air quality is better here. That's true. Really? That's, well, there's that's choking I, with fire smoke at the moment. That's our main oh, selling point. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not on fire. Yeah. That's what we've got going <laughs> for us at time. this stage. Yeah. Uh, Alan Elder said, <laughs> people are not listening unless they are prepared to be changed. Oh, I mean, he's awesome. That's yeah. a great one. I love, I love Alan Elder. And then <laughs> my in. final one is uh, change is all about timing and... Uh, I just, here's to everyone who's interacted with me throughout 2019 in an organizational leadership setting. There's been so many brilliant ideas, so many opportunities, so many movements, so many principles, so much data, so much wisdom. And bottom line, sometimes it doesn't work just because the timing was all wrong. And sometimes you don't even know that until afterwards. And I, why am I saying that? Because that lesson just keeps on sometimes biting me in the bum, but sometimes just offering me some sense of, uh, what's the word? Some sense of... Consolation? Consolation, yeah. yeah. Um, but and in I, being that consolation is not necessarily a bad thing because things come from that. That's yeah. why it's a consolation. Yeah, and I think <laughs> what I'm trying to say, and maybe it's not in the most inspiring of ways, but... You, there's so many people out there doing amazing things, incredible work, so passionate, so dedicated. You will, you will find your timing. A bit like this podcast, which is just about to. So ready. So ready. Um, the timing is right now. Yep. Wasn't right 12 months ago, six months ago. It's all changed. Right it was right for us to set a solid platform yeah. for when the time was right, which yeah. is now. I think the time right. is now. The time is now. Right. And if it's not now, it'll probably be next year. <laughs> yes. always, guys, there's always next this year. This time next year. This time, I've got nothing but time in my garden. Am I right? Oh, it's a herb. <laughs> oh. that's, now that's a callback. That's oh, a, that is a serious callback. I believe callback. that's called shelving. And something's a better left on the shelf. Yeah. But no, sometimes you've got to reach up and yeah. grab it. That's add a I little do. bit of time. Um, and uh, look... I, I know I've uh, I've already given a bit of insight, but I did also want to cover off the leadership insights 
This ties a little bit into leadership of uh, films, um, mm. which is another podcast uh, where we discuss all things film and leadership. Barely affiliated. With- <laughs> <laughs> um, and I discussed um, f- the movie Frozen briefly yes. in uh, a recent episode of that. Um, yes. And uh, I will discuss now the leadership lessons that I learned from Frozen 2 um, as a huge leadership insight that I got. Have you seen year. it? So you've seen it? I've seen Frozen 2, oh, of course don't, No spoilers. Uh, no, I, I won't spoil it except for the two leadership insights that I got from the film. Mm. Um, and uh, they were um, uh, to be brave enough to throw yourself into the unknown, uh, which I think is always good advice. Uh, and also the idea of doing the next right thing. Um, the next right thing. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about um, how you're going to triumph, uh, how you're going to overcome adversity in the in the larger scheme. If it's all too daunting, you just need to worry about doing the next right thing. That's an impro principle as well, uh, isn't yeah. it? I watched that film and I thought this is basically uh, an, impro, an improv workshop yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. playing out in front of me. Uh, yeah, we, we have a saying which... Stupid, oh, not to get political, but there's a leader in the world that's trying to build a wall. And I've always, <laughs> we talk about building a story one brick at a time. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'll have to come up with um, a, 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 a one, a crock and bush, one profiterole at a time. Mm, I like that. Uh, and all I have to do is start with the first one. Mm. I don't have to build it all at once. I don't have to do it all myself. It's a shared thing mm. i just have to start with one it's great and then the next great yep. thing will so come. frozen 2 was full of improv insights that are also sweet leadership insights and just life insights mm. uh which is all wrapped up in a nice little bonbon for our christmas enjoyment mm. <laughs> i um there's some chance i i potentially have missed someone i'm so sorry if i have uh, your son we are so <laughs> will beady that's right your wife <laughs> oh, anyone who's contributed in any way to Leadership of Fools throughout uh, 2019, uh, our heart is full and we're incredibly grateful and thankful. Hmm. And that's... I'm ambivalent. You're ambivalent. <laughs> I'm not impressed. Not yet. I'm almost there. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah. Next year. Next, 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 by next, this time next year, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy with everyone. So we all look forward to 2020. Yeah. Uh, so, and, um, I'm about to jump on a plane heading to Stockholm. Can't wait. Amsterdam. Enjoy the syndrome. Yes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Paris. Beautiful. Uh, London. Yeah, I mean, it's cliche, if anything, isn't it? It's cliche, isn't it? I mean, you could have just said Europe. Maybe, (laughs) maybe a white Christmas. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, and I'm done. Amanda, anything else? No, just, you know. Everyone look after yourselves and each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounded really terrible. I mean, just look after yourselves and each other. Yeah. I didn't want it to sound selfish. It's, I've ruined it. I've ruined it. I've and ruined remember, it. What would Elvis say? If you're not always striving to take these insights, to, to learn more, to improve yourself, then you ain't nothing but a hound dog. Oh. <laughs> that is a... Can we get the license of all the Elvis material? Sure. Matt? That's, that's pretty easy, oh, yeah, isn't it? Is a problem? We love that podcast. <laughs> you love that podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, um, no. <laughs> we own all of Elvis's back catalogue now. That's what we invested our first sweet, sweet windfall in. Well, no, when you go to Graceland, they give it to you on a little keychain. Right. I've got them. I own them. <laughs> and if you rearrange the letters of Graceland, you get candle legs. So that's not true. Um, it might be. I don't know. I just, I took a stab. It's close. <laughs> I've got to write it down. No, I'm done, Colin. I can't add anything better. We're done. Well done. We make Leadership of Fools because we love it and because we believe that conversations are more important now than ever before. 
you can help us out by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think. You can also check out extra content that we upload onto our LinkedIn page at Leadership of Fools. Thanks again once more. And until next time, goodbye.